Well, there's a phrase that we're going to hear repeatedly throughout our time together, going with God to new frontiers. And in a few minutes, we're going to hear a bit more about what that uh, is going to look like. But before we do that, I would like us to look at a Bible story which involved God's people historically going to new frontiers. For them, it involved walking through the parted waters of the Red Sea. Um, you're perhaps familiar with the story, the story of the Exodus. It's the story of the power of God, but it's also a story of panic. The people of God were panicking. Um, I've been doing uh, an appraisal coming into the new year of my own spiritual gifts, and I've discovered that one of them that I'm really gifted at is panicking. I'm just amazing at that. I find that running around the house screaming with a high-pitched squeal, very therapeutic in certain situations. And corporately, the people of God were doing something like that, chased by the Egyptians, the Red Sea in front of them. Where to now? But here's what happened, Exodus 14 and verse 21. Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and charioteers, chased them into the middle of the sea. But just before dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces into total confusion. He twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. Let's get out of here, away from these Israelites. The Egyptians shouted, the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. It happened 78 years ago, back in 1940. It was a spur of the moment decision, and it changed absolutely everything. I've talked about it before. My father was a prisoner of war captured in North Africa in 1940 and held for four long years in terrible conditions of near starvation and deprivation in a camp just eight miles away from Auschwitz. The Nazis, fearful of the Russians who were advancing, decided to evacuate the camp and take 100,000 men on a death march in the coldest winter in 100 years. It was a terrible time. Books have been written about it. They were starving, they were filthy, and they were dying like flies. My dad is shuffling along the road, and then there came a moment. There was a moment when he looked back, a bend in the road, and realized that the guard with the gun back there couldn't see him. He looked forward and realized that in this moment, there was a guard with a gun, but he couldn't see them. He turned to his friend and he said, this is our moment, let's run. They ran into the woods and they were free. Everything changed. They worked their way back across Germany. This was their moment 78 years ago, 1500 years BC, 3500 years ago, the Hebrews had been slaves in Egypt by that time for 400 years effectively brothers and sisters they were trafficked it's not an overstatement to say that they were trafficked they were being threatened coerced living in terrible conditions you don't have to be relocated to be trafficked you just have to be under the power of somebody else made to do what they force you to do and the conditions were terrible at this point in history it is said that Pharaoh insisted that if you didn't make enough bricks, 
because they were made to work in construction. Then they would take your child and bury your child in the building, bury them alive instead. This was terrible. But God had raised up Moses and his brother Aaron to lead this nation of traffic slaves out of Egypt into a promised land. And now as they come to the Exodus, it is as if God is saying to them, this is your moment. And the waves part and they go through. And please know this, this was far more than an evacuation or an escape. It was much bigger than that. They were not just being saved from something, they were being saved to something, a new land, a new law, a new life, a new experience, living in the love of God. Buried in this story is a very beautiful word, the word hased, which means loving kindness. God was inviting them into a new life, experiencing his love. This weekend, as we celebrate the ministry of you count, we're looking, we'll see new frontiers of opportunity in places like Spain and Guatemala and domestically here in northern Colorado too. We're celebrating exodus, freedom, the waves parting. What can we learn from this story? First of all, if you're following in your bulletin, first of all, let's know this, that God is the eternal freedom fighter. God is the eternal freedom fighter. The Egyptians shouted, the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. You see, freedom is something that has eternally sat at the heart of God. In the Genesis story, we see a garden and we see freedom. We see the opportunity to eat from whatever you, whichever tree you like. Avoid that one, but there's freedom. Name the animals. There's a sense of dignity and liberation as Adam and Eve are in the garden, God walking in the midst. And God's heart has always been for social, economic, political, and personal freedom. The very heartbeat of the gospel is actually found in the Old Testament in Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. We pray, don't we, your kingdom come, your will be done. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is righteousness? It isn't just personal holiness. Righteousness is a word that means rightness. God wants things done rightly. And it is wrong that people are trafficked. It is not his agenda simply to get people saved and get them to heaven later. But rather we pray your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. God's the eternal freedom fighter. What does that mean? What it means is that our work and ministry in fighting human trafficking is not just nice charity work or an interesting project or a bunch of Christians doing what Christians tend to do, a bit of, bit of do-goodism. No, rather this reflects the heart and passion of our God, always has been, always will be. He's the eternal freedom fighter. Secondly, he invites us to partner in the battle. He invites us to partner in the battle. Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened up a path. You see, God could have just done it. Easy. 
But instead, he invited Moses to participate in the unfolding miracle. Uh, recently, I had a rather embarrassing experience, which I'm sure comes to a surprise to you all. My life being a series of those. My wife invited me to go to a dance class, a dance class. And you can imagine that because I am not a, a, uh, an epitome of coordination, it didn't go well. I, I ski, but my skiing is more like a fluid downhill spasm. It really is not a masterpiece of coordination. And so we're staggering around and there are all, all kinds of minor injuries taking place. And the dance instructor is pulling his hair out. And then he came over to me and said, you know, you're supposed to lead. So I did that and things went seriously downhill further from there. But the point was that a partner was needed in the dance. God wants us to partner with him. And sometimes we feel clumsy and inadequate and, and how much difference are we making? But the reality is we are. And as we partner, as we give, as you count volunteers serve, we partner with God, assaulting, attacking, suffering and injustice. And here's a question. Is it possible as we think about new frontiers that those new frontiers are not just geographical in terms of new projects, but that God is stirring something in my heart and yours to go to new frontiers in faith and prayer and giving, and new places that we haven't been before because this is our moment. Thirdly, thirdly, joy comes for the liberated and the liberators. Joy comes for the liberated and for the liberators. This was a moment of great celebration, this Exodus. Exodus 15, then Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. And Miriam sang to them, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. There's dancing, there's, there's tambourines. Now, now, let me just say this. We, we, we've got some great percussionists here in Timberline Church and Crystal's not here this weekend but she, she plays some of those timbre and she has such a, not only a gift but a beautiful smile as well. Uh, can I also say this as a pastor, there is nothing more dangerous in a church congregation than an uncoordinated person armed with a tambourine. <laughs> those people should be forcibly removed by law enforcement. It can be very, very destructive. Just kidding. But really, when, when this happens, they, they break out the tambourines. They're not just saying, jolly good, isn't that nice? There's singing, there's dancing, there's joy. And as I watch the images of smiling faces, especially children, I remember again that this is not just about projects and statistics but it is rather about the bringing of joy to faces that were once stained with tears and eyes that were once filled with fear waiting for the knock on the door but instead now the door is open joy celebration I want to say too there's joy for the liberators God's a liberator and he's joyful with it. 
I love Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He'll take great delight in you, in his love. He'll no longer rebuke you. He'll rejoice over you with singing. The Hebrew word means he dances over you. Wow, there's that dancing thing again. See, God's inviting us to get out onto onto the floor, if you will, and partner with him. And as we do, is it possible that we experience a joy That only comes to the liberators. The opportunity to partner joyfully. Well, the last thing is this. Fourthly, God invites each one of us to walk through parted waves too. God invites each one of us to walk through parted waves too. You see, they they were called to do just that, those Hebrews. But here's the thing. So are we. You see, they sang what's called the Song of Moses back there in Exodus. But apparently the song was a hit with God. You know when you like music, you just play it over and over? The song was a hit in heaven because the Apostle John is caught up in New Testament times thousands of years later and he is caught up and has a vision of heaven and he hears this song. They're singing this song in heaven. They sang the song of God's servant Moses and the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nation. You see, back in Exodus, they sang the song. And in heaven, they reprise the song. Why? Because the Exodus is not just history. It's an invitation and a reality now. In Revelation, the crystal seas replace the Red Sea. The elders replace the Israelites. The beast replaces the Egyptians. But they're singing the song. And Jesus gave us a hint. Because before he went to the cross, which opened the waves, he shared the Passover meal, the Exodus meal. What does all this say to us? It says... That even though the Bible tells us that as humans, without Christ, we are slaves, trafficked by sin. Titus 3, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures, slavery. But what this says to us as we hear the echo from the Red Sea resonating in the hallways of heaven. What it says to us is that we can have an exodus too. We don't have to be bound by addiction. We don't have to be shackled by fear that there is another way. And and we're saying, but it's impossible. They said it's impossible. How do waters part? But God was saying, this is your moment. And maybe as we come to prayer and as we hear in the Song of Moses, the making it personal. The Lord is my strength and my defense and has become my salvation. Maybe this is a moment to say, God, lead me out, lead me forward, part the waves because I don't want to just partner in the exodus of others, but I want to participate in the exodus myself. Let's pray together. Great and mighty are you, Lord.
We thank you that in the lives of so many, you are opening up the ocean and you are making a way where there is no way. We thank you that you are lifting up the heads and hearts of many who have been broken and downtrodden. And we thank you for the ministry of You Count. We thank you that this is not them doing that, but this is us reaching out together, partnering. As we pray and celebrate that ministry and opportunity this weekend, we bring this freedom this Exodus message right back to ourselves and we we ask you Holy Spirit to show us where we are shackled we ask you Holy Spirit to show us where we find ourselves even this weekend afraid and we have declared that you are the God of the impossible so Spirit of God as we sense your presence in this place, would you ignite fresh hope for freedom? Would you help us make steps towards you, good choices? And Lord, as we are invited to step out with you, thank you that you don't just send us, but you lead us. Grant us an amazing sense of your presence even as we tread the soggy sand and as the waves part. We agree together in Jesus' name and everyone said,